Welcome back to the Fifth Year Podcast. As always, Zach Ruley and Parker Biggs here. Clint uh, could not join us today. He is out of town. So uh, Ruley and I trying to figure out the production stuff here ourselves. Um, it's been actually a pretty uh, – a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports, uh, kind of out of the blue NFL-wise. That Aaron Rodgers to uh, Denver talk had really been picking up. Then we hear Rodgers staying in Green Bay and out of nowhere, Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Well, maybe not out of nowhere, but it surprised me. What do you think about that fit? Um, great fit. The I mean, the Broncos Super Bowl roster, I think we'd all 100%. agree, right? Like before this, it was like, hey, yeah. they just need one guy. And they got, aside from Rodgers, the best quarterback on the market, right. or if there was a market. Uh, that's a really big time get. You could argue the price was a little steep, but mm-hmm. I think you'll see teams, especially with these uh, ready-made rosters, especially on the defensive side of the ball, do what the Rams have kind of done. I don't think the Rams have a first-round pick to like 2025 or 2026. Right. So they're kind of just going all in saying, hey, this is our window. Like, let's go do it. And I think they get Russell for like two, three years maybe. Um, but it's a really good deal. If I'm the Seahawks too, I'm looking to trade DK immediately. They cut Bobby Wagner, a longtime linebacker, who's still really good. Um, I'd probably trade Tyler Lockett just out of good faith. Like, yeah. he's been a good Seahawk. Like, unless he wants to stay there, don't, I'm probably looking to move him. Don't make him stick around with Drew Lock. Yeah, I'm totally blowing the thing up. I saw an article today saying the Seahawks could still contend in the West. I don't see why you'd want to. Um, this isn't a good quarterback draft, so Drew no. Lock can suck this year and then be good next or be bad again next year. But yeah, take next, next season. I mean, with this QB class, just. You got to take your L for next season. You got Road to Rush. You got a lot in return. Pete Carroll's old, so it's now also a good time to rebuild. Like I'm he sure he's retire. yeah, he's he's 70 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I think his I'm surprised he's I guess he's planning to coach next year. I feel like it wouldn't be the most surprising thing if he decides to hang it up between now and it, it's also wild to say Derek Carr is like by far and away the worst quarterback in any division. And yeah. he's like a pretty solid quarterback. He's he's a top 15 quarterback. Yeah, all four quarterbacks in that division are I mean, three are Pro Bowl, all pro type players. One's the best quarterback in the world. Yeah. One's one of the most promising young quarterbacks. In, and then in Russell Wilson, a proven winner. Yeah. So that's insane. This is good news for, um, I think, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Yeah. They lost Noah Fant, but like, has Russell Wilson ever really thrown to that many tight ends? Not really. No. This but, is a huge, I mean, for Judy, especially. Judy kind of will be like the locket, I would imagine. The deep He's going to be. Fantasy football wise, that guy's going to be that the hot, probably overpicked player next year. Oh, for sure, he'll be going in like top three. Like I love Cortland Sutton, but Judy's, I feel like he's got a little bit higher ceiling. But, yeah, I mean that defense is loaded. Von Miller was talking about coming back. Yeah, he wants to be a Bronco Instagram again. Story? Yeah, yeah. No, it's and what? So the Seahawks get like what the ninth pick or something yeah, now? I'm pulling that up right now, they get. So, okay, yeah, so they get uh, Denver's 2022 first-round pick, which is number nine. They get Denver's uh, second-round pick this year, number 40, so an early second-round pick. They get Denver's uh, first and second-round picks next season, and then they get uh, Denver's fifth-round pick this year, but they're they're giving up their fourth-round pick this year. So, I mean, and then on top of it, like you said, they get Drew Locke, they get uh, Noah Fant, and then who was the 
David, there's another uh, there. Tyler Shelby, I think maybe is his name. Defensive, defensive tackle. Yeah. I don't think it's Tyler Shelby, but defensive tackle who's a solid player. That's a solid haul, though. I mean, if you know Russ wants out, at some point he's going to be gone. I mean, I don't know if – I don't think there really is, like – I don't know how you justify, like – Trying to get – You can't weigh yeah, that. No, like, yeah, no, yeah. An elite quarterback is worth so much that – I don't know how you – say if it's a fair deal or not, but they did get a lot in return. So also to compare in the news today, we had Carson Wentz to the commanders. What was it for two second or two third round picks? Two, like a two third round picks, maybe a second. Honestly, the Colts, that was a really bad return on investment for them. Yeah. Um, doing that trade at the Eagles. But I mean, I don't think that really moves the needles for commanders fans. I'm sure they're pretty pissed about it, honestly, but. Considering who all was left, I don't know. Yeah, who I mean, go it's get. an upgrade for him, right? I mean, I've convinced myself out of trolling purposes only to Eagles fans that I know that Wentz isn't that bad. Like, yeah, I mean, I think he's a mediocre NFL quarterback. I mean, he could, he's good enough. He's better than Taylor Heineke. Yeah, and he's better than Fitzmagic. Yeah, and he, I mean, if you just need a stopgap for two years, or if you want to go draft like Malik Willis or something, like what, have what I'm wondering is what's the Colts' plan? Because it's a weak quarterback yeah, class. Like, do you really want to rely on Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett or one of those? That's guys? another one of those rosters that they're probably like a quarterback away from yeah. being like, oh my God. Could they, like, are there any other big, like, non, like, other big, pieces out there that are still Deshaun Watson's the right. last quarterback. And it's like, that's in division rival. I don't think anybody's going to actually do it. Nobody actually wants to be the team that pulls trigger. But that, whoever but does, it's going to be a, yeah, the, everybody's going to be like, well, we should just, he's a stuck. yeah. Steelers. Is there any update it. on that situation? No. no, he just like, I don't, I don't like there's been anything like new about it. Yeah. Maybe the number of cases has gone up, but yeah, no, but the thing that surprised me the m- most was the Rogers deal. Yeah, that's a lot of money for somebody who's, what, 35, 36? Yeah. Guaranteed. It definitely shifted the market like they claimed it would, or I'm sure it will. Yeah, but he complains all the time about not having the pieces. They're not going to – And then he, like, handcuffs them financially by doing that. You got Devontae on the franchise tags. They're paying him a lot of money. Yeah, they're a ton of money. They've got Rodgers on this insane deal. There's no way they're going to be able to – They're going to have to lose – I think they lose Tanyan now, a starting corner, and then uh, another defensive player who are all really solid players. Aaron Rodgers' plan might just be to play with Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb the rest of his career. Yeah, I mean, well, there were rumors that Devontae Adams uh, bought a house in Las Vegas. Where he, it's not a rumor. I guess he did buy a house in Las Vegas, and that's interesting because Derek Carr and him college teammates at Fresno State, and they were really, really good. Um, so I guess not that that weird. The thing that'll be even more intriguing to me is Kyler Murray. It sounds like he's bitching and throwing a fit, and he he wants his contract now, which is fine. But like, like Lamar Jackson, for example, hadn't even got a second deal. He's done a hell of a lot more than yeah. Kyler Murray so far. Yeah. Like he has an MVP and he hadn't even said a word about his contract allegedly to the Ravens, which makes me appreciate Lamar more. Lamar's I didn't, awesome. I didn't know this. His mom's his agent. He doesn't have an agent. Really? He just doesn't give a shit. He just wants to play football. Yeah. Like, obviously he still wants to make his money and get paid when that time comes, but he knows that time's going to come. He's not worried about it, but Kyler could like, he's basically two years out from getting his big deal. Or like on schedule from getting it, and he's yet to win a playoff game. Like, yeah, and he got kind of embarrassed in that playoff yeah. game. He's a little injury prone. If that's his worry, is that he might get hurt, banged up. Like, well, then can't you do the maybe, insurance policy thing? 
Yeah. And like you play football, like that's yeah. just part of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, not like you're, everyone, you're undersized and play football. Like yeah. that's, you're probably going to get, like hit you're not going to get treated. You shouldn't get treated better because you're more likely to get injured. That would be a, a reason. That's a knock. Not yeah. That's a knock. Give you an, an extension early. So, yeah, I mean that the AFC is just getting better and better. The NFC quarterback situation, at least they're keeping Rodgers. But I mean, besides him, all the good quarterbacks right now are in the AFC. I mean, who would you put it real quick? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, who's QB two in the NFC? Dak, Kyler, and, and uh, Dak, I guess, right? I mean, pure abilities. Like it's like it, it's Kyler. Yeah, but at this point, he Dak's done more than him. They've done about the same as a Cowboys. They've done about. I mean, Dak had a really good year last year, except for you know the one fucking game that mattered, yeah. which is the playoff game. But that's a different story. For yeah. a different day, but I'd probably say Dak and Kyler are the two best behind Arod. Agree. Any other thoughts on QB revolving door? No. I wish the Cowboys would trade Dak though. So <laughs> soon. I hate Jerry Jones so fucking much. He yeah, always he'll messes die up. Soon enough. They no, but then Stevens just as dumb. They they've real, the real quick recap of what the Cowboys have been doing this offseason. They franchise tag Dalton Schultz, which means they have to pay him as if he's a top 10 tight end when really he'd be a tight end two on right. most teams. They franchise tagged him. They're going to end up losing Randy Gregory, a younger, better defensive end than Demarcus Lawrence, who they won't cut because it'll cost a lot of money. They're probably going to re-sign Michael Gallup for way too much money coming off an ACL injury. And they're basically going to tell us that paying Gallup and Schultz is better than paying just Amari Cooper and Schultz or just, just Amari Cooper and replacing the other ones. Um, they can't move Zeke anywhere. The contract, like even if they cut him tomorrow, they don't save any money. They would basically have to eat salary for the next two years on Zeke's deal before they can cut him. That's uh, their problem is the Zeke contract. Yeah. This whole he's thing just, is talking even the best running back in the roster. You don't need to sign a running back ever to an extension. And honest to God, unless the receiver's top five in his position, I probably wouldn't sign a receiver to an extension either. Right. Like Amari Cooper's good, but but if you okay, think CD Lamb have Zeke's, so who would you rather have or keep on a long term contract, and then you get rid of? Would you rather have Amari or Zeke? Which Amari Zeke's contract is horrible. atrocious. You yeah. can't give a running back that sort of deal, especially when you have a talented guy. You can draft a running back in the fifth, sixth round and say, "Hey, go get." Yeah, you got a good. We're going to give you the ball three hundred times this year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, let's uh, move along into some college hoops talk. Uh, we are in March, and it's been an exciting start. Uh, Mid-major conference tournaments pretty much all wrapped up at this point. Now gearing up for the the uh, power conferences um, with several already starting. Uh, Wake Forest bubble news goes down to uh, Boston College today. So that's significant for um, the teams on the bubble. Let's – more specifically, look at the Big 12 tournament, which starts tonight, recording Wednesday. Uh, it starts here in like five minutes, actually, in the 8-9 playoff game, 8-seed uh, K-State, 9-seed West Virginia. Typically, there'd also be the 7-10 game tonight, uh, but with Oklahoma State being ineligible for the postseason, we uh, don't have that. So 7-seed OU just is automatically in the uh, in the second round or in the quarterfinal round. Uh what are your what are your expectations for the Big Twelve tournament? First off, shout out to Coach Boynton. Not many teams can say they won the last game of the year. Cowboys did that. That yeah, we're one of the. Oh, there's going to be one other team that can say we won the last game of the year, right? Uh, 
I guess teams yeah. that didn't make the NCAA tournament at all. Actually, no, because they would have lost, lost in their conference there. tournament. The only way would be if there's an, if there's any other ineligible team, anyone else that. And to my knowledge, there is not. So the Oklahoma State Cowboys and oh, it depends on if Beller Beller mean fuck if they get invited to the NIT. Or Can not. they play in that? Because I don't know. I'm not sure. Probably not. So there's three teams that did it. No, SU's <laughs> one of them. Damn it. But um, expectations. It'll be interesting. I mean, like you're gonna see the. I'd assume the cream will rise to the top here. I don't expect too many upsets. I don't either. Where, like, where I'm just trying to look across the board where the potential upsets are. I think TCU versus Texas could be just because TCU is playing good basketball. Oh no, TCU could definitely win that game. I at the spread on that, I don't think it's out, but it's probably not even that. No, are the spreads out for tomorrow? I will say, I I find myself. Um, in this uh, internal battle right now about Texas, because if you look at Ken Palm and all these shot analytic sites, Texas is really high on all of those lists. Offensive efficiency, they're top 20. Defensive efficiency, they're top 30. Like, they're good. But then you watch, like, my eyes tell me, like, these guys struggle to play together sometimes. They can get really cold. You, you don't, they've kind of had guys emerge as, like, their bucket getter. Um but they they can really struggle at times offensively. But Chris Beard, man, like he's you, you also can't doubt what that guy can yeah, do. Yeah, but and as I think he's a really good coach and he's immediately improved that program. But a lot of the stuff, and it's not surprising because it's only year one for him. But a lot of the traits of the Shaka Smart Texas teams, I still see with this one. Like, yeah, he's got. I think he's got to get him. And this is a full roster, basically of transfers. Right. I think he plays like three guys that were there last year. Right. So yeah. And not Andrew Jones. Is Andrew Jones still there? Yeah. 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 So Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, and that Brock Cunningham kid, or right. who's a dirty basketball player. I do not like that guy. I don't like him either. And I hate, and I like Fran Fraschilla, but I hate when Fran just rides this guy like he's God's gift because he averages one point a game and gets some hustle boards. Yeah, he's like, like a way, he's a worse version of Ryan Spangler. He's a dirty, Ryan Spangler was a damn good basketball yeah. player, but Brock Cunningham is, he's not good. He's just, they throw him in there to, to muck shit up. And he, I guess he does a good job of that, but. Okay. The spreads are out. I want, don't look. I want you to guess the spread. So we obviously, we don't know who KU is going to be playing, but the other three spreads are out. So Texas TCU, what would you guess that number? I'm going to go UT two and a half. Five and a half. Five and I a half. I love TCU. Like I, I'll, that's I'll a big number. If that. Mike Miles is healthy, you know, he's playing good. Um, yeah, that's, I kind of like TCU in that. Okay. I'd assume uh, Kansas against regardless of who they play is going to be about jump. nine and a half, ten and a half. Yeah, Probably higher than that. This one's actually lower. The OU Baylor's is a little lower than I expected. What do you think? With that being said, what would you? Seven and a half, eight and a half? Eight. Yeah. I mean, I won't touch it. I, would, no. I won't bet against OU, but if I was not a Sooner, I'd really be tempted by that Baylor number. Uh, but OU does have a lot. I mean, it's a must-win game. Yeah, you talk about a team on the bubble. The Sooners are going to need to win that one, and then if they go to the they, semifinal, or I the think final, if they win, I think if they win, they're in. I think that you that, think they just I need mean, one. Get, yeah, I mean, a win over number three Baylor. I think that that puts them. I think they'd feel comfortable. I think leave no doubt is you beat Baylor, and then assumingly Texas Tech. That's like yeah, that yeah, that I would say pretty much. I mean, because OU that would put OU a win over Baylor, put them at like five quad one wins, which. You compare that to like Wake Forest, for example. I saw the resume today, one quad one win. Yeah. Like just it's so hard to compare a Big 12 bubble team to like an ACC bubble team or a Pac 12 bubble team because just the number of qual like oh, you had has had so many opportunities against quad one wins. 
And like, they're going to end up with maybe four or five times the amount compared to the, some of the other teams. But then again, they also have like 13 losses against the quad one teams too. So yeah, exactly. I don't know how that really will balance out, but a win over Baylor would be big. And then Iowa state tech, um, tech's an eight point favorite in that one. Um, that seems about right. Yeah. But I will say you always get a little Hilton South in Kansas. Yeah, City. they travel extremely well. So, so we'll see. And they're them and the Jayhawk fans, of course. So bubble wise, big in the Big 12, I think OU is the only team that is really at this point considered a bubble team. I think TCU's feels should feel very safe. I think they're Lenardi hasn't I mean, I don't think they're really even on their bubble. Iowa State, they've got so many good wins there. Yeah, Lenardi, as of now, had Iowa State as a nine seed. Yeah, so I mean, well, that was two days ago, the last time he tweeted like the big graphics. And so. the thing you just can't add other than K State and West Virginia, which I don't think either of them are really going to be in play unless K State were West Virginia obviously is done unless they win the tournament. K State, maybe if they made it to the championship game, but even then they'd be like 500. Yeah, I don't think they have a whole hell of a lot. Right. They're non conference slate. They didn't play well. I will say he's got TCU in the 32 spot. So, they if they if they win two games here and get to the semis or the finals of the Big Twelve tournament, they could get to a seven or six seed, yeah, which would I be think huge, that, right? And the, instead of that eight nine game, exactly, yeah, that would be huge because they'd be in Gonzaga's regional, and like obviously nobody wants to play fucking Gonzaga right off the bat. Who of the big three Big Twelve teams, and even more so Big Two? I think KU and Baylor are a little bit di- different category than Texas Tech, maybe just because they're. The ceiling's a little higher with their scoring ability. Do you who do you think in the Big 12 is the most likely to be able to make a run? Like, not just this weekend. Yeah, I really want to say Kansas, but the defense and the bench, I think bench scoring can be a little overstated in March, and you need good. I think shorten your rot. Yeah, you're playing your six, seven best guys. Like, that's basketball. I think good guard play is the most important thing, though. Like, I've always, I mean, it's not like that's a hot take, but KU's guards, if Ochai is struggling. There's not a ton of substance from no. the other guards. Um, Jalen Coleman lands is so streaky. It's insane. Christian Brown's a good scorer, but yeah. I mean, he's a liability, but on the other end. Yeah. I mean, he, and he's, he's sometimes like, it seems a little passive shooting the ball for yeah. some reason. Like I swear to God, he's open 90% of the time. He just doesn't shoot it. Um, but like uh, Deontay Harris, I think his name, the other point guard. Yeah. He's he's good, like scrappy. he's scrappy, but he I mean he makes good plays, but he's not gonna go score 15 points. Yeah. Like I don't know. K I want to say Kansas. Um, the other thing with them is Dave McCormick is like Jekyll and Hyde. One night he's Hakeem Olajuwon, the next night he's the worst big man you've ever seen. And when he's life. playing he's well though, that's I mean, if, if he plays well in the tournament, um he could yeah, they could go on a run. Um, I would love to see Chattanooga, my mocks. Big big shot, David John Baptiste. Awesome. Not, not to get off topic, David John Baptiste, the, the boy. He's 24, 25 years old. He's my age. Um, still in college. I think he's a sixth or seventh year senior. Anyways, big shot. I would love to see Chattanooga get to play Kansas. So Silvio D'Souza could take his former teammate Dave McCormick to the woodshed down low. He would kick his ass on the block. Dude, that's I, a that's a I, guarantee. I did not know where he had transferred until these conference tournaments started up. Chattanooga's solid. They're really they they got a good squad. I'm I'm happy they won. Obviously, you know that's my my adopted guys. Um, but to go back to, I think Baylor will make the bigger run. They're, I mean, and coming off of a a run like they had last year, you, I 
with KU, like, I mean, they do disappoint in the postseason. Like, yeah, they have Baylor's. KU's best team they had since the national title team was the year COVID shut everything down with. Yeah, um, were the number one in the country. Yeah, they, they, they were fucking. Like, they were rolling like yeah. they were good. They were gonna. They were probably gonna win it all. Yeah. And I'm sure that pisses some KU fans off. But what are you gonna do? I like Baylor. Like James Akinjo, I don't think he's obviously as good as um, Davion Mitchell or uh, Butler was last year. But like that dude's not afraid to take a big shot. You yeah. do have to have some of that on the team too. His first team all Big Twelve. Um, LJ Cryer, if he can get back going, like they're deep at guard still. Adam Flagler can beat you. I think he had like 26 against OSU, and that was like, I mean, he averages about 15 a game. So they're they're really deep. They're well coached. I, they could easily make another Final Four run. Yeah, that would not surprise me at all. I mean, and then Tech, I think could make a run, but they're gonna suffocate people with their defense. But I mean, they scored fucking 50 against OSU last weekend or whatever. Yeah, I do think that. Getting out of Big Twelve play could be good for them. Yeah, you know, go do sure. it to somebody else. Yeah, I will say Iowa State making the tournament. I mean, they're going to be two weeks removed from scoring thirty six points in a basketball game. There's a few so, points since like in Ames that they've ever scored since like the thirties, basically. Who do, who do you think can make a a second make it to the second? I mean, we, the bit the top three we know. So, what do you think the ceilings are for Texas for TCU? for Iowa State, and then potentially OU. Like, who, um, who could make a run out of that bunch? Out of that bunch, Texas. Yeah. In my, like, 100% Texas. I think they're the only one in that bunch. That I think I think Texas could play to the fucking Elite Eight or Final Four. Yeah. Like, they have that kind of talent. It's just, like, are they going to play together and, like, not? They can't have these, like, 10-minute stretches of no points. That just can't happen. Um, I, Iowa State. I mean, they like I just said, they scored 36 points in a basketball game. I don't think they'll make it past the, the second weekend. Or they won't make it past the first weekend, excuse me. Same with TCU and OU. Yeah. If OU gets in, then, I mean, if they if they draw the right matchup, I've been surprised by an OU basketball team in the tournament before. Yeah. I mean, even in the last few years when they were so underwhelming through the regular season, they'd at least, you know. And that might have had something to do with just coaching, like Lon being as good as he is. But yeah. Porter Moser is a really good coach, yeah. too. So you never know. They just, they're not, they don't have the interior presence they don't have the athleticism but i mean with emoji gibson's hot or tanner grove's hot I yeah mean, it just takes one guy more. yeah so yeah knows? and they're gonna need I mean, they're gonna need a valiant effort tomorrow night against baylor for sure um looking at like bubble wise as a whole i'm just i've got joey brackets his bracketology pulled up here so teams on the bubble yeah, he has Wake Forest, Creighton, Memphis, and Michigan as his last four right now. But like I said, Wake Forest goes down. So uh, that that's good news for a bubble team like OU um, that helps. I mean, Sooner fans need to be rooting for these these type teams. Memphis, I think probably uh, – uh, those sorry, those are the last four buys. So, uh, and then last four in is Xavier, Wyoming, Rutgers, and SMU. Wyoming's good. I hope they get in. They, they, are, they have the leading scoring Mountain duo West in the country. Yeah. Uh, Memphis, pro- they that sweeping Houston, I think they're probably pretty safe. Emily Bates might have been a cancer. Not a, I hate, I hate to use that word, but yeah, he's, they've played so much better without him on the floor. They're playing like an actual basketball team now. They play a little more defense, which is good. Yeah. Memphis is, I just don't think the, the Penny Hardaway thing is going to really work. I mean, we see it's, it seems nah, like a toxic atmosphere. Yeah. And then he, he, did you see he offered the young man with one arm, which is a, an incredible story. I don't know if you 
Oh, they him. offered him? Yeah, they offered that kid. Wasn't he, like, committed or have an offer from, like, Tennessee State? Yeah, he's small? got an offer there. I don't know if he's committed. but he getting... See, I saw a video of some kid that forced him to go just the one direction, and he had to dribble across his body, and the kid, I mean, like, looked as athletic as I am, and he just ripped him easily yeah. up. Which uh, doesn't happen every time, obviously, because right. we've seen the highlights of him dunking right. and stuff. But yeah. Um. All right. Any, any, la- any other hoops thoughts heading into the weekend, conference tournament wise, um, NCAA tournament. Who do you? Um. We can talk about it more next week too. Who do you think the the best teams the Give me the three best teams in the country, in your opinion. Gonzaga. I think that eventually Mark Fee is going to get one. I think they're the best team in the country. I think Baylor, when they're healthy, is one of the three best teams in the country. And I, and I would think they'll be close to fully healthy um, come tournament time. And, man, I'm not a believer in Arizona. I know, like, I, I, See, should I really be. like Arizona. Like, I should be. Like, I I love their big man. Like, they look so they're athletic. Too. I'm just a Pac-12 denier. And so I'm just imagining they're beating up. And I know that they're good teams. UCLA is really good. Like, Oregon's solid. Like, there are good teams in the in the Pac-12. But until I see them, and I'm sure they'll prove me wrong because they look the part. Like, I really want to say good dog. But since I'm not going to go Arizona – I'll say I don't know why I did three. Do me your final four. My final Who's four. our final four? Okay, a month four now, best teams. Yeah, four best teams. Look like Gonzaga, Baylor. I'll say Kentucky for sure. Actually, Kentucky's yeah, is really nice. Like, Kentucky's one really like A and one Kentucky. B. I really like Kentucky. Yeah, I love Kentucky. And. Ty Ty Washington and Sevilla really are some dudes. Man, I, I'm going to go with KU with that four spot. I think I, that's uh, – I was thinking – If they Purdue show maybe, up and play to their potential, like they're, they're yeah, definitely – I'll go two big 12 teams. I'm going to go Gonzaga, Arizona, Kentucky, Duke. I think okay. that's like the best four. Duke, yeah. I know they just kind of got boat raced by Brady Manick and the boys Saturday night, which – dude. Don't want to dive into it way too much. I hate Coach K so fucking much. That made me so happy to watch. The guy's egomaniac. Oh my God. He's he him and LeBron are one A, one B. Yeah. Coach K is I was listening to um Big Cat talk about it on some show. Did you know in 1995, like Coach K knew Duke was gonna suck balls? So he basically had the interim coach where he had like his his buddy who was on staff be the interim. And they started like nine and two. They ended up going three and 15 in ACC play. Like the only losing season under K's tenure, but K- coach K put all the law because he had a, he was sick or he had a back problem. So he just sat out the full season. They did terrible. Coach K made that guy take all the losses on his record, not on coach K's record. Yeah, no, it's always, there's always, you know, they're canceling games. They're can't like what last year they didn't, they cancel like their whole non-conference slate. Yeah. He also, they haven't played a power five school on the road in 20 years. Non-conference. Yeah. He has his own little, they live in it. Guy's a crazy person. And that gym, that gym, I've never been to it. I know, you know, some people that have probably been in there. I mean, it, it looks exactly like what it it looks like a private school, like a tiny private school's gym. And that's exactly what it is. I don't, I see no world where that gym is as cool as Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, Allen Fieldhouse is the best college basketball. I don't even think it's as cool as Hinkle in in Indianapolis. I mean, the atmosphere looks. I mean, like the atmosphere looks awesome, but like to, just talking purely gym. Yeah, Allen Fieldhouse and Hinkle in Indianapolis Butler's campus. Those look like the two coolest gyms in the world to me. Yeah, Hinkle looks awesome. 
Hinkle is uh is a cool one. It's a shame Butler's bad now. Horrible this year. Yeah, they should go get Brad Stevens. Yeah, for real. Um, all right, let's move into uh just a couple notes on college football. Yeah, we are a college football podcast, but you know, when there's not not a lot of college football news, uh, we gotta uh shift things uh, elsewhere. But uh main thing is Jaden Daniels, Arizona State's what three year starting quarterback is heading to LSU. Big get for Brian Kelly. I saw they have he signed more guys to the transfer portal uh, than high school recruits in his early early stage at, at LSU. But I mean that's a, a game changer for him. That I think immediately puts them in uh, more of a contender category. I, I don't hate an LSU future on the national championship. No. That's probably probably get at a pretty good number right now. Yeah. No, I agree. That's that is significant news with the athletes. Really that, good coach now, and yeah. then whether you like Chip Kelly or not, the guy knows what he's doing. So right, I mean the obstacles the same. It's still Bam is there, but A and M's going to be there. Yeah, Auburn could be there. Who knows? I mean, I would. A lot could change between now and then, but I I'll go out on a limb right now and say I bet LSU finishes second in the SEC West. And typically that gets you into the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah, so big big get for LSU. Uh, only other thing. Uh, that I've got noted here is Rashad Samples, that TCU's new running back coach, he'd been at SMU with Dykes, is leaving to become the LA Rams uh, running back coach, which is wild because Rashad, Rashad Samples is like 28, 29. He is known for being a recruiting ace. I'm not doubting his coaching ability, but like his strength has been on the recruiting channel. Yeah, being able to get kids. Yeah, so, building. I mean, clearly McVay sees something. And McVay yeah, he must be pretty great sharp. great track record of hiring. So. Well, you know, Rashad was recruited by Oklahoma State, so obviously he we, played have, it we have yeah, we have an eye for talent. Year, didn't he? Yeah, he ended up transferring to SMU, had some injuries. But, yeah, it just speaks to Mike Gundy and Casey Dunn, the, the, the brains they have as individuals and talent identification. But um, definitely a pretty interesting hire by McVay. I mean – Talk about a sharp mind. Like that yeah. guy obviously thinks Rashad knows what the hell he's doing. So this is a cool move for cool move for Rashad. Yeah, seriously. Dykes has lost two of his assistants already without ever catching a game. His D line coach went to Georgia. I now, do like the Gillespie hire at D Oh, yeah. Though. I think we talked stuff. about that when it happened. Yeah, I like that one a lot. He's an under, I don't think nationally most people realize how good the Tulsa defense has been. Yeah. And they were good even this year without Zayvon Collins. Yeah, so really good. Yeah, they've had players for sure. Uh, that's all uh, college football-wise. We'll wrap up here with a little bit of a players' championship preview. As some call it the fifth major, which I think is bullshit. I, I think the, I love the, the payout. Ain't the fifth, the payout would be oh. the number one major. Let me pull that up while, while we're here. Um, but yeah, the, the payouts one of the most ridiculous things. Ricky I've not seen. in the field, so I can't bet Ricky to win it. Guys. Yeah, he's like the seventh alternate. <laughs> That's it's, sad. it's it's really it is quite uh, frustrating and sad. I'm sure it's frustrating for him. Yeah, that's that's been tough to. I mean, he's not. I feel like he hasn't been playing horrible either. He's just stuck in very mediocre golf. All right, so here's the purse for the players this weekend. Uh, the to the total purse is twenty million dollars. Three point six mil the first place. Two point two to second. Like that's like winning winning money at a major. Two point yeah. two. Third, 1.4 million. Fourth gets 980,000. Fifth, 820. Sixth, 725. Seventh, 675. Eighth, 625. Ninth, 585. And 10th, $545,000. That's, I mean, that's what the players want. I mean, that's why there's the stuff's going on with 
the Saudi league is because players want to get paid more. And uh, the players, I don't know where you texted me earlier asking where that comes yeah, from. Where does it come from? I still have no clue. Yeah. I don't that know. just must be out of like um, whoever puts on the tournament there, they find a way to, to fundraise all that and pay for it. But, and I love, like, I really, really enjoy the players championship. It's obviously one of the best fields of the season. It's just as good as any major field. But that being said, I think TBC Sawgrass is an overrated venue. It is. They just, I mean, it looks, it's very aesthetically pleasing though as well. So I think that adds to it. Um, it's definitely not like the coolest golf course ever. I mean, 17 is awesome. I actually think 16 is the better hole. Just 18 is like, a sweet hole too. Yeah, 18 is a really good hole too. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a big time tournament because of the payout stuff. Yeah, but. field's great. I mean, it's a fun course. It's a good course. And it's- I've never played it, so I can't speak on the architectural design of yeah. it and whatnot but um but is there anyone you like um call morikawa yeah i would take um i like morikawa outright if i was gonna bet on it yeah no he's my i on my formula i ran he which was no surprise i knew he's gonna be number one yeah he's he's, perfect for it he's, i mean I, I could be wrong on this he's strokes gained i think he's first on putting strokes gained putting right now He's he's in the top five putting statistics, Dude, like, and that's the last piece of the puzzle for that kid. So, well, the thing is, guys can't overpower the course because you can't just whip out a driver all the time. Yeah, guys, so you're gonna have a lot of mid irons in, and that's where he thrives. There's yeah, no, I mean, it's yeah. he's so much better. That's how he won at Harding Park. Yeah, he's so much better than anyone when it comes to approach stuff. He, and then the other thing I like about him, I feel like at a at an event like this where there's a you can be throwing a lot of curveballs, you can hit it in the water, like you're not going to be able to play elite golf through the whole week. Like he seems to have that mental edge. He's, he's, like he's, uh, I think the best yeah, mental yeah, game, yeah. which I think at an event like that is key. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, if I was just making a single, just outright pick, winner, the, it was that's my horse. I, it would be calling or be like not even close. Like he was so far above like everyone else in my model. Like it's insane. He, he's a perfect fit for it. Like if he just plays his game, he's going to, be near the top of the leaderboard. Uh, the other picks I would have are Taylor Gooch, top 20. Played well. Keep it rolling. Yeah, I, I mean, he shot, I think, four over, five over on the front Sunday. But he was still, he shot two under on the back, and he still is two shots off the lead with four to play. Like, yeah. He was he was in there. Um, Taylor Gooch, top 20. He's playing, I mean, he's still playing good. And then Scotty Scheffler, top 20 as well. I don't know what the odds are on that. They're probably not, like, incredible. Um, but you can't deny his his form lately as the experts like to say. Yeah. I love, I don't know how he fits the golf course and what the data says on Scotty, but you got to take, I mean, he's playing so well he's right now. So well. well, he's won what two of the last of his last four events. Yeah. And something both like against that. elite fields. elite fields. Like, yeah. Big time events. So. He's put, I mean, I, I think he's playing, like, he's one of the best seven or eight players in the world. Yeah. The Ryder cup gave him a lot of confidence. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I agree with you. Morikawa would one million percent be my play if I was picking straight up. I do have – I've made four uh, four plays this week. First, I'm on Xander at 30 to 1. I've got one and a half units on him. Uh, I just think, like, like, historically looking back on it, like top 10, top 20 players usually win. And, they play better in this event. Yeah. Too. And, he, and there's a weird crossover between – guys that play well at Sawgrass to guys that play well at TPC Scottsdale. I'm not sure what that correlation is. I think they're both Pete Dye courses. Um, they both have good fields. I don't know, but he's traditionally played well there. He has a second place finish at uh, the players championship. He's only 
but I will say his last two appearances, he missed the cut. Uh, but I just think he's well-rounded. And I like the belt. I like the value at 30 to one for a guy that's I yeah. think one of the five or six players in the world. Uh, this is my main value play. It's Dustin Johnson at 33 to one. He has not played very much at all. I think he's only played in two events so far this year. Those are great. I but mean, 33 it's on Johnson. DJ. Yeah. That's like, really... I, this is probably the, be the that's like a principle. That's a principle, but yeah, it's exactly. So like, he doesn't like, he's not a great fit for this course, but, no. but he's just one of the best players in the world. He's had some good finishes here, especially since they moved the tournament from May to March a few years ago. He's had a 12th place finish, a 17th place finish, a fifth place finish, and then 48th last year. Um, and he's also put well here, uh, which you can't always say about, about DJ. So that's purely value. Uh, then it comes to like me crunching my formula, like you know, a few more like longer shot type guys. I'm on Louis at 50 to one Louis Ustazen, although I wouldn't call Louis a long shot. He's perfect. This course. It'd be a very Louis event to win yeah. as well. He's like, cause it's not a major, but it, it kind of is a major money wise. Exactly. Like we're and we're like, we're calling is so strong. Like he's just a little bit worse. Like yeah. his approach numbers he's are up still there. insane. Yeah, he's up like, there. One of the best in the world. He plays long par fours really, really well, which saw it at Kiowa last year. Yep. The bulk of the tough, the four hardest course or four hardest holes on the course are, are, are or the five hardest are the five par fours that are between 450 and 500. He plays those type courses or those type holes well. And then he's just, he's played well here, but it's been a mixed bag, which most guys, you can't look at any one player and see a guy that like every year plays well, the players. It's just a tough tournament. So you can't really gauge as much like off historical numbers compared to, to other tournaments. Uh, but I like Louie. I mean, if he if he's on he's he's scary good and then my last play uh small play only ten dollars on him but uh mito Pereira, 175 to one he was like of the the chilean yeah young guy he's only been playing i think he came on tour like halfway through last season and he of my top nine guys in my uh uh formula deal eight of them are top 20 players in the world he is the one that wasn't he's ranked 95th but I mean, he, same type of guy, good ball striker, really good approach player, plays well with his long irons, plays long par four as well. And the one thing outside of DJ, all these guys that I'm on are pretty accurate off the tee. I mean, in, like anywhere on the floor to swing. If you're missing fairways, you're going to be in trouble. So yeah, that was kind of one common theme that I, that I was looking for outside of DJ, just because I love that value. But I'm excited for the tournament. Um, it should be should be a fun one. Uh, Last week's event was Arnold Palmer was awesome. Yeah, uh, definitely would have preferred Gooch Daddy come out on top. Obviously, but yeah, it was it was pretty entertaining all throughout. I loved when I mean that was playing like a major, like that yeah. was like a U.S. Open. Yeah, it's tough. I think you'll see like similar. I don't actually. I think at Southern for the mate for the PGA this year, you'll see scores even a little lower than that. Yeah, yeah probably also- probably about ten guys in the red than everybody else over par. We're gonna have to do a full. We're gonna have to do a full, like, episode preview for the PGA. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Well, that's really all I have. Uh, good, good stuff here. Um. As hopefully, uh, there's stuff for us to talk about next week, so we can put another. Oh, next week we'll 100% have an episode into a uh, tournament preview. Hopefully, you get a guest on, uh, and really. Some bracket. Dive Once we have the it. for sure bracket Sunday, awesome. so that yeah, we'll have a full bracket preview episode, which will be a lot of fun. Um, and then slowly, the college football stuff will probably start picking up as the closer we get to the season. But spring the ball soon. A lot of basketball and golf. Yeah, spring football starts or yeah, practices have already started. started. 
uh, OSU, you know, you're not full swing, but they're going. And then I think OSU's spring game is the weekend of like the 23rd or something, yes. April. So once we have like, once OU knows you're further into spring ball, hopefully we can get some, some, some reports, folks on yeah. and yeah, get an idea of what's going on uh, in both camps. But yeah, uh, as always, uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at fifth year podcast and on Instagram at the fifth year podcast, like rate, subscribe on Apple and on Spotify and uh, share the, share the word about our podcast. We appreciate it and uh, have a good weekend.